Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How is everybody doing today, friends? Or should I say family? Because you know what? You really are family to me. I got to thinking. I got asked a question the other day. It was a good question. It was one of those questions where it was somebody young, and they actually said to me, Daryl, um, do you regret your career choice? And I was like, oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I went on to say, well, career choices are, are fluid. You know, and you got to figure out who you are and then you got to, you either have to embrace your choice or not. You're going to grow as a person and that means you need to be able to adapt to your growth. So I use the example of, of me, you know, I'm a, by education, by my degree that hangs on the wall at home, I'm a computer programmer. I'm not a marketer. Yes, I'm a CMO at VanillaSoft, but I'm a computer programmer, but I've been a marketer for many years. I did sales for many years. I've been a VP of sales, of course, VP of marketing. And, but I began life as a computer programmer, right? So for me, it was a series of events, a series of decisions. I was really good at programming in high school and I liked it. It was satisfying. It was the, it was a logical, obvious path. And that's what I went to school for. And maybe sometimes I didn't give all I should have when I was at school because it came so easily to me. I kind of fluffed off a lot of the classes. I probably could have got better marks if I had tried. I relied upon my own talents that were just innate. So I didn't learn discipline, shall we say, in high school or in university because I just had talent. And then I got out in the working force and, and I liked what I did. I was coding. Often I was on site doing custom coding for certain clients. So it gave me variety. And I recognized early on, I really liked that variety. That variety was cool. And then I changed jobs and careers. And when you're young, you don't really know how to qualify another job. It's more money. Okay, I'm in. And then I'm sitting at a desk all day. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't like sitting at a desk all day. And then before you knew it, I was like, I don't want to go to work in the morning. So this is about four years into my career. And I'm like, is programming for me? Holy smokes. And I had to figure it all out. So eventually I took a job as a sales engineer. And that's kind of how I got exposed to sales first and foremost. And I was the guy that they would come to to actually say, hey, make the product do whiz bang things to impress the prospect, answer all their questions so they know it's very capable. You're the sales engineer. That's what you do. And I'm like, I'm in, no problem. And so it, it leveraged my skill sets. It leveraged my skill sets, but in a different application. And that got me exposed to product, to the product side. I was still in high tech, but I was now selling as well. And so I liked all this. So then they said, hey, you should do product management where you actually define the product roadmap. And then they said, okay, that was great. You did a good job there. You should do product marketing, take it to the market. And then they said, that's great there. You should do marketing. So I did some marketing for a while. And then they said, you should do sales because you're really good at the messaging and the audience. So I did sales. So here I am, I've done my full journey. What can I tell you? What did I tell this young person who asked me that very question? I'm happy with my career decisions. I can tell you this, sales 
and or marketing, both, both, both of those careers, because they're really revenue, revenue, the pursuit of revenue changed my life. I'm very happy at what I do. I would have been bored stiff as a computer programmer, a good computer programmer, but bored stiff. I love my job. I love my life. I get up every day with a bounce to my step. I work with great people and I wouldn't change this for the world. So I ask you right now, are you in a situation to love your job? Can you let the job of sales change your life? Or are you still not quite sure? Well, you know what? That's a legitimate question. So I said to myself, who can I bring on to help talk about this journey, about how sales can change your life? And I thought, well, if I looked at maybe a guy who had had six startups where he was a sales leader, and along the way, he's won over three awards as the top inside sales leader at the AISP. He's had two roles where he's founded organizations. He's a best-selling author and, and best of all, a strategic advisor to a whole bunch of people. Well, I said, that guy, that guy can talk to my guys, my crew, about how sales can change your life. Everybody, welcome to the show, Scott Lease. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Daryl. Thanks for having me. Now, if you're not watching the video, guys, if you're on the audio, Scott's got a big-ass grin on his face, and he's got a wonderful picture behind him of a surfer walking down the beach carrying his board, you know, footprints in the sand, the whole thing. And I think that's kind of symbolic because we know Scott, you know, he's got his own gig, Scott Lee's Consulting, which, by the way, is annoying because check this out. On G2, he's got 4.9 out of 5 stars. So that tells you something. And then I mentioned he was a best-selling author. So he wrote the book, Addicted to the Process, 4.9 out of 5 stars. Everything this guy does is 4.9 out of 5. But also... He's part of the Surf and Sales Summit. I think he's teamed up with Richard Harris for that one where they go down to, I think it's Costa Rica this year. I don't know if it's there every year, but they go somewhere nice and tropical where there's some surfing and then there's some selling to physically grow their skills. So I think this guy's got it all figured out. If I captured the essence of your pedigree and your your lifestyle, Scott? You got it, man. You, you I'm going to hire you as my agent. I do marketing on the side, just saying, you know, Vanilla Soft's just a part tech gig. No, just kidding. All right. We talked about this, Scott, in, in the green room, and, and, and you were so passionate when you said sales can change your life. So let's just open-end this conversation for those who are listening. Why are you so passionate about sharing this message, about talking about the impact this career can have for you? I mean, I'm going to guess you've seen people not experience that or people second-guess it. Like, talk to me. First of all, it comes from the fact that sales changed my life in a, in a massive, massive way. Yeah, I never studied business. I actually never had a job until I was 27 years old that didn't involve playing sports or, or coaching youth sports. I, I was an athlete all through high school, played four sports, played two sports in college, top 10 college tennis team, top 25 college soccer team, and went to grad school and kept playing semi-pro soccer in Arizona and just had nothing to do with business, making money, anything like that. It wasn't even on my mind. I got extremely sick at age 23 years old. I spent the better part of the next four years in the hospital fighting for my life. I got really bad autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis, had a scare with colon cancer. I've had nine major surgeries. I have no large intestine. I have been through the ringer. During that four-year period, I also got addicted to opioids, dealing with pain. So by the time I'm 27 years old, 
I haven't had a job, haven't worked, don't even remember the things that I studied in school or grad school, have just kicked drugs. I'm trying to rebuild my body and strength back. And I picked sales because it was the only thing I could think of where I could make up for lost time and I could elevate my income to a place as fast as humanly possible. It was a complete strategic decision on my part. And it's just been incredible for me and for my family to see how it's transformed me as a person and as a leader and the things that it's enabled me to do for myself and for others. And so I, I'm passionate about it because I've seen the miracle that it works and, I, and I've lived it. And I, I want other people to know that that's possible. And anybody who's been through some shit going through it right now, that there is a way out and sales can be that vehicle. What I love about what you're hearing right now, guys, is that Scott is being really vulnerable and really transparent. He's putting it out there. And that's what the show's all about. That's what we should be talking about, right? Scott, you made a comment, and I've heard you describe it this way before in the past, where you said sales can be a platform. And I'm using my emphasis on the word platform. For you to become extremely successful, you said it here just now, and it can change your life. And of course, that's exactly what you just described. When you say that, what do you mean it can be a platform? It is a place where you get to really be your true self and let it out and in a safe environment. It's difficult for us, I think, walking around in public to be as confident as we want to be. Things that we dealt with growing up as kids or the insecurities that we have or you had rough upbringing or childhood, those things, it's difficult to kind of overcome those things without a lot of work, a lot of therapy and stuff like that. But when you walk into your job as a salesperson, you could be whoever you want. The people that you're calling and talking to that day, they don't know if you're the number one salesperson in the company or if it's your first day on the job. And there was something very empowering about that for me when I first got started. I was able to use some success in sales to really work on my own self-esteem, my confidence, my decision-making, the risk that I take in time as I moved away from an individual contributor towards leadership, it gave me the opportunity to kind of pay it back. And it's one of the reasons I've continued to do what I do is I love talking to salespeople who are early in their career and trying to give them the tools that works for me so they can have the opportunity to feel better about themselves, to get out of some financial holes that they might be in and just transform their life. And it's difficult for me to imagine too many other professions that allow you that platform, to use your word, that allow you that platform to do just that. My dad's been an accounting professor for 40 something years at university. I don't know that he has that same platform. He can make an impact on kids, but he's not changing the game financially for himself, for his family, that kind of thing. It just seemed like the perfect vehicle for me to be able to, in broad, broad strokes, change the entire course of my life. And it's led me to where I am now. You know, Scott really hits on something here that I want to maybe drill down on a little bit just before we go to our break. And that is sales, unlike so many other professions out there. So if you're sitting right now going, hmm, maybe the grass is greener over there in this other occupation, this other area, or I'm not so sure. Sales is, using the word platform, sales is the one platform that you have all these resources available to you, not just the resources. So you've got a thousand sales books out there, just like Scott's best-selling publication on Amazon. 
plug. Go there now, order it. You've also got a ton of YouTube videos where they just share all their stuff. Victor Antonio is an example where he's got massive followers. He's just one guy just sharing sales. And you can watch them whenever you want to. You've got LinkedIn where you can go and just follow the cats, the guys and the gals that really resonate with you, who you identify with and read their posts and watch their, their how-to videos and then read the engagement on the comments. You can talk, you can have a dialogue, you can, you can challenge, you can push back, you can ask for more details. And all of that is a community. Sales has a community unlike anywhere else that you can support one another. For Scott to come out and say, man, this is my life. This is my story. You guys didn't turn off. In fact, you probably listened more. That's what the platform's about. That's why sales as a profession, as an occupation, as a community can truly change your life. And Scott's right. If you develop your skills, you're going to make a lot of dough that you can't make somewhere else. Scott made the story that I had, to, I had to effectively start my career at 27. So how do I catch up? And catch up just doesn't mean on my career. It means in my income and my accomplishments. So he did all that. Now, that's setting the stage. We're gonna take a break and I wanna talk about all the tactics you need to do so that it will in fact change your life. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. The first thing I want to talk to you about is let's talk about commitment levels. I question sometimes whether everybody is truly committed or they're kind of got their, their toe in the water and they're just trying to feeling it out. Talk to me. Does commitment matter? Can I, can I half-ass this or not? No, I don't think you can half-ass in sales at all. You've really got to go all in. If, especially if you're just getting started, it, it can be terrifying when you're first getting started. You know, the fear of picking up the phone or getting rejected by 50 to 100 people every single day. If you're not really there, if you're not really putting in the time to improve your skill set, it's going to end well. I, I used to tell people it's like having one foot on the boat and one in the on the dock and that situation is not going to end well. There's never been more resources available to you than right now in order to become an effective, successful seller. There was no podcast when I was starting 15 years ago. There was no YouTube videos teaching you how to sell. There was none of this stuff. There was no LinkedIn. You have so many resources available to you now that it should make it easier for you to get started and, and, and get over the first couple of humps, but you've got to go all in with it. You're not, you're not going to achieve the level of success that you really want and deserve by kind of thinking you're going to give this sales thing a try. And if it doesn't work, you'll, you know, go back to doing this other thing. 
that's not the way to do it. Go all in, leave yourself, you know, no alternative. I had been asked before, well, what was I going to do if sales didn't work out? And I had no answer, none. I had no idea whatsoever. There was like no option for me. I had to make this work. And I think that that level of focus and commitment is, is really what starts to separate really successful salespeople from those who kind of mediocre and those who wash out of the profession. So I have a question right now to the crew listening. How many are freaking out right now? And how many of you are high fiving? Because Scott said something. You got to make you got to you got to go so far in. You got to commit so much that there's no plan B, right? So many are not going. Yeah, I'm in. And there's going to be a lot of you going. Well, I kind of like a plan B. But your point is right. When there is no plan B, you are in fact forced to make plan A work. There is no other option. I'm curious. So you started at 27. How long did it take you to figure out that you had to fully commit? Like, did you start there because of, you know, the, the history of your health and, 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 and your, the, the challenges you overcame? Or did you also kind of go in there kind of like, well, I'm going to see if I like this or not. Like, like when did that transition happen for you? You were like all in and committed. In all honesty, it took me about a week. I, I had made the decision to go into sales and this was the way that I was going to get it. But like the very first day that I started, we had like a couple hours of training. Um, and then in the afternoon we got thrown on the phones. And when I mean thrown on the phones, I'm talking old school th thrown on the phones. Like you didn't, I didn't have any leads. It was go figure out who to call. There was no script or sales pitch. There was no materials, nothing. And I got punched upside the face that day was questioning how the hell am I going to make this work was reminded that night by my wife. Remember there is no backup plan here. Her saying that in addition to me kind of telling it to myself, but her saying that to me just like shook me kind of to the core and the next few days, you know, I, I started working a little bit harder and just reminding myself, like, I, what is there to be afraid of here? You know, I have probably already defeated the toughest opponent that I'm ever going to defeat in my life. So why am I worried if, if I can't be successful in sales or why am I worried if this person going to tell me no or hang up on me? I got my first sale, my first Friday, and it was nine 30 at night in California. And I had called somebody in Hawaii cause I was taking advantage of the time change. And I closed that deal and this, you know, light switch went off, whatever you want to call it. And that switch was not like, oh, this is the most amazing feeling. This is the best job in the world. It was, holy shit, the only reason that I just closed this deal is because it's Friday night and it's 9.30 and I'm in the office still. And that, that light bulb for me was, this is how I'm going to win. I, I have no choice but to outwork everybody else. All these other people in the office have experience or education for this game. And I don't have any of those things. But you know what I have? I have determination, I have a work ethic, I have fought for years to even breathe this air and be in this office, so I respect the opportunity in front of me. And that was the light bulb. I'll just outwork everybody, and that's what I started to do. I may be reading into this, but almost what I'm hearing you speak to in that narrative is you made a series of decisions that got you to that point. Um, did that pattern continue over your sales career? Is that, you know, how, how do you make the right decisions so that you're moving the ball forward so that sales does in fact ultimately change my life? Cause there's a lot of people right now listening who want to be just like you. 
So what do they need to do on the, on the decision-making front? I just think that life is sort of a series of, of small decisions. And the more successful small decisions you make, you end up going in, in kind of the right direction. And that direction leads you to happiness and, and success, hopefully. And so I came up with these little you know, super micro goals and, and choices, right? I have a choice today to get up early and get to the office by 6 a.m., so, you know, it's only nine o'clock on the East Coast, so I can, you know, get a little bit of an advantage. I have a choice today to go out to lunch with some of the folks in the office who I know are going to go have a pitcher of beer, or, you know, I can go somewhere else by myself and kind of decompress and have some quiet time, or I can work through lunch. I can stay late. I can go home. I can come in on the weekend. These are all things that, that I did. Um, when I was first getting getting started, and my life was structured in such a way that it allowed me to do that. I didn't have didn't have kids yet. My wife was in grad school, so she was studying and working like nonstop. So I had all this downtime. It's like I chose to pour myself into work during my downtime because I knew again I had to make up for lost time. I needed to play catch up. I'm not going to be able to support my wife and I on a $30,000 base salary in San Francisco. It's just impossible. These small choices, I've made similar decisions as I've gone about my career. A small choice whether to stay or go from a particular job. A small choice to stay as an executive or move into leadership. A, a decision to stay in San Francisco or move to Austin. All, all of these we build up these decisions sometimes and make them seem like the be all end all of the world. But the reality is, you know, they're not. Every decision is, is just one little stepping stone for you to kind of follow the path that you're meant for and that you're carving out for yourself. And just to go back to what I said before, like if, if you make the wrong decision, it's not the end of the world. You've probably been through something worse before. So stop being paralyzed, you know, and, and this like paralysis, and by analysis kind of thing, like I, I just don't, I don't resonate with that at all. You know, I, I, I practiced making decisions quicker and, and, and trusting my instincts and being able to live with the results uh, of those decisions later on and knowing that if I made the wrong one, I'll be able to recover and it'll be all right. If I made the right one, great, off I go and, and I stay on the right path. So I guess I'm challenging the audience. Are you making those micro decisions? I love that statement that Scott talked about that are causing you to miss your goals, right? Life, your career, it's a series of micro decisions. Scott, set goals. Are you setting goals? That goal, maybe I want to do X number of calls in the next hour. That is a very near-term goal. Are you setting goals? Are you making the right decisions? Now, let me ask you this, Scott. You talked a little bit about, do I become an executive or do I stay as a, a rep? How did you navigate the career path? Do you have any advice in a nutshell for those who want the sales career, but they want, no, they want to climb the ladder. What feedback, what guidance do you have them to nurture that dream and that aspiration? This is probably not what people are expecting to hear, but the first thing that comes to mind is you need to develop an extreme level of self-awareness. And what I mean by that is you need to know your strengths and weaknesses. And in my opinion, you need to continuously put yourself in a position that gives you the greatest chance for success. So an example of this is I am not a very patient person. 
This is something that I struggle with in all areas of my life. I kind of operate with like extreme sense of urgency all the time. So for me, early in my career, I went into more transactional sales environments because I felt like I needed that that high rev, that constant stimulus. I can remember early in my career, I had the opportunity to go work for Chevron and it was going to be like 18 month sales cycle, global sales environment. And I mentioned it to my wife and she kind of laughed at me and she was like, you are, you'd be horrible at that. And she's right. Like, I don't have the patience for that. I just don't, I can't come home and, and be like, oh sweet. I, I moved this prospect, you know, from stage one to two out of a hundred stage process. Like that wasn't going to work for me back then. And I think sales reps screw that up a lot. So be self-aware about your personality. If you're very relationship-based and nurturing, a longer sales environment might be better for you. If, you're, if you need instant gratification and, and you know, the opportunity to close deals every single day, a shorter sales environment is going to be better for you. If you get more satisfaction out of teaching other people and watching their success and you don't care much about you know, the credit going your way, then leadership might be the right thing for you. But if, if you're concerned all the time about being applauded and getting awards and making sure you get the pat on, on the back, like then leadership might not be the right thing for you. If you have a hard time being patient while you teach people, then leadership might not be the right thing for you. As you move up in your career, your hours and your stress is going to increase, most likely, right? There, there's just a different toll that being an executive at a technology company, probably any company, than being just an individual contributor and a frontline worker. So know what you're getting into and know who you are and put yourself in environments that give you the greatest chance for success. So let's recap here. What I've heard Scott talk about is that sales can, can change your life as it did for him. To do that, you need to set goals. They can be micro goals or major goals, but you need to set goals. You need to have the right mindset. So there could be some rejection along the way, but that's okay. Cause I got the right mindset. I expect that you need to be self-aware of your strengths and weaknesses. If you're self-aware, you don't put yourself in bad situations. And in fact, you create a career path for you that works for who you are. All right. And then finally, you have to basically lean into the community. Lots of resources available to you. Take advantage of that. Best advice though, there is no plan B. If you're gonna do this, do it. Stop hesitating, jump all in. With that, my friends, we're out of time. I would suggest you do this, everybody listening, you get to the website, go to surfandsandsales.com, look for any excuse to join them, to join them and develop your skill sets. And, and oh my gosh, sun sign, surfing, one-on-one -on -one coaching. This is brilliant. The guys clearly got this all figured out. Scott, best way to reach you is at LinkedIn, website, where else? You tell me. LinkedIn is perfect place for me to connect with everybody. I obsessively check my messages there. So shoot me a note and I will get back to you for sure. All right, guys, that is Scott Lease, Rockstar. He's 4.9 out of five. My name is Daryl Prale. This is Inside, Inside Sales. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft. <laughs>